Good morning. What a concerning story that was in the news. I mean, interest rates go up once a month, but now there's the sausages at Bunnings, $2.50 to three fifty. If you didn't think we were in a crisis, there's the proof right there. Richard, you've recovered from COVID. You're the 24th most powerful person in racing. I don't think we're not going to talk about that little uh, survey coming Jeez. up, but good morning to you. Thank you, Dan. I could think of 30 people who should be in there instead of me, but there you go. You don't do modesty well, Richard. No, I mean, no. Well, I am royalty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> James Graham in for Candice, because we're never destined to have the three of us do the same show at the same time. So Jimmy is back for another Serving of Legends. Good morning. Yeah, passed the test with my first couple of runs uh, a few weeks ago, and here I am back again. Now, Candice, Excellent. I, very I different to Richard. Very well, different to Richard. How so? Well, you're a curmudgeon. Candice is lovely. <laughs> you're a curmudgeon. All right. <laughs> now, we do have a battle here uh, because Candace started a quiz last week, right? And we've got to do it again because we've got a sponsor. But there was such a dog's breakfast. I don't want to be associated <laughs> with it. You don't want to be associated with it, Richard. So I think we're just going to have to find a different way. We've got... Uh, a Bingley voucher, a hundred buck voucher to give away. We're going to have to find some avenue to give it away, but we've got a lot to cover. Josh McGuire from the Dragons is going to join us. They had a big win last night. Um, uh, also, Cam Smith wins the British Open. The NBL set to play on Christmas Day, uh, and we're going to talk about last night's footy as well. Eddie Jones blows up. There's a lot to get through. Triple M, this is the Dead Set Legends. Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman, and Candace Warner, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Triple M Dead Set Legends. Last night, Dragons beat Manly 20 to 6. Uh, the Knights are god awful this year. They were thumped in the end by the Roosters. Um, the Roosters winning 42 points to 12. It was 42 to 2. Big win for your Dragons, Jimmy. Big win. Yeah, huge game. A uh, lot on the line um, yes, l- yesterday evening. And it was just simple. The, the last two weeks hadn't been good enough. And I was expecting a response. And, and they certainly did that. Your manly side, but unfortunate because they had COVIDs. They had a couple yeah. of injuries. It, was, it just wasn't there. No, but you, they're, they're patchy at best. And you take a few players out and, you know, they're not really, they're not really there with the rest of them. You know who I'm filthiest on? I'm filthiest on the Knights because I tipped the last four. I took a last four. Uh, you know, like you take a first four in a race, yeah. last four in the NRL. Yeah. Uh, but I had the Warriors in and the Knights have managed to be so bad that they've dislodged the Warriors out of my last four. I've never heard of a last four bet and you've managed to find a last four in the market. So the ladder now, this is really interesting um, because you've got Roosters going up to 20 in eighth, Manly 20, Dragons 20, Canberra, who play Warriors today, are on 18. So they're every chance of going to 20. Well, four into one, obviously, is not going to go. Um, that is, well, who, who would your money be on there, James? There's so long to go, so many things to happen. Yeah, there is, and it's it's an exciting time of the season. I, I still don't think South Sydney are quite safe just yet. Obviously, okay. only being on, I think they're on twenty two points. Right. So, yes. look, it, it's it's an exciting time of the season, and and everybody's already looking at. Oh, they've got a tough run in. They've got an easy run in. Well, these are the sometimes the harder the games, the easier it is when you go into those games. Say maybe against, with all due respect, like a Tigers, mm. they've got nothing to lose. New coaching staff in. You can be thinking about the following week. And before you know it, you slip up against a team like that. So this is a time for teams to concentrate. I think there's there's still a, a battle to go. There'll be plenty of ups and downs for those. I think there's one, two, three, four, five teams aiming for two spots if South Sydney don't get a victory tonight against the Melbourne Storm. So it's a tough one to call, Dan. It really is. Jimmy, how fine is the balance between not enough intensity and enough to win? Well, I think I personally would like to be intense every week, but it's only with the benefit of hindsight that sometimes you look back and you go, we were just on, we just under. So it's a fine balance. It, it, it is. And, and almost sometimes during those games, you realize you, you realize you're doing it or you realize that the, the inexperienced players around you, they, they haven't quite come prepared to play and play tough. And like I say, the, these last six games now, that's what it's all about. It's about putting yourself on the line every single week and and, and maintaining a standard of performance. Because if you if you want to take out the premiership, which ultimately you do, you've got to win three or four games back to back. So it's a good time to start practicing uh, it now. Uh, can you 
can you fix it on? Can you fix intensity on the field? Is it fixable at the time, or is it you're just too much in the moment? You can't be worried about other players. Uh, so well, you get you, obviously you get some time to regroup. Uh, if, you, if you can see the try, and it yeah. can it can just be a, a simple message of lads, we're in a game here, we're we're, yeah. we're in a fight, or it might take you to stand up and actually do something. So maybe off a kickoff, try and put on a mm. a big shot, or or re- really set the set the tone for you know yeah. we're going to wipe the slate clean, and we're going to go again. And hey, lads, I'm going to show you, so come with me. When you walk into a dressing room, all right, half an hour before the game, say, well, you're already in there, and you can feel. Can you feel, oh, we're not quite on? Yes, you can feel that? You can yeah. sense a yeah. lack can of Can you turn that around? Is yeah. that possible to turn around? Or is once everyone's in there and the vibe is a little off, the die is cast? Yeah, I think I think you can, Dan. You can have a, a, a slight influence. I think what I've been in dressing rooms before and just look around or you get that, that feel that we're not quite we're not What are quite they joking on. around? Well, no, and, it, it, you, you know the group, so you get certain groups that are quiet, certain groups that are normally chatty or or, or, yeah. or or you you know you go into the teams within teams and and you you just know it, it's it's an unfamiliar feeling so it's oh. it, it, normally in good teams it's, it's regular it's 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 very similar week Predictable. to week but when you know something's not quite there you can say as a as, a, as one of the leaders lads we're on here let's start talking let's get the noise let's get going because yeah. we're in a game here and and it does tend to come when you play those so-called lesser teams. Hey, there's a real concern. Kalen Ponga now, fifth HIA this year. I'm reading a report here. He was in tears in the dressing room after failing his uh, his assessment last night. It's his third concussion in the past six weeks. And got to say, Jimmy, it was a pretty innocuous shot that wiped him out. Now, obviously, it's hard to judge. That sometimes it just hits you in the right spot, and, and that's the end of that. But... But we're getting into sort of Luke Keery territory where any knock now, and we're starting to think this is a problem for Kalen. I'm terrified of of this for these players. They're the players that cop a lot of head knocks, you know, and throughout history, there's been quite a lot of them. I can remember in rugby union and rugby league, like Elton Flatley. I mean, I mean oh, he, yeah. he just used to get knocked out every match, you know, and that's probably an exaggeration, but it's pretty close it, to it. It's, it's, 20 years down the track after they've retired that this all starts to come out and it's terrifying. It, well, it, it is. Um, it, it, it has the, it is a, a worry for, for a lot of people, but I think the game is doing, or the games are doing as much as they possibly yes. can. And I've always said this, I think players need information. They don't need fear. So I would, I would present the players the the risks of of playing on and good on Kalen Ponga for coming off the field because I know what it's like when you mm. when you just want to stay on and you know the, I think we are starting to see a culture shift and and the fact that that Kalen's out and he's a, he's addressing it and he's coming from the field he's a star Newcastle need him mm. like they they need him to 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 play well but but he doesn't he, need to venture at forty no 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 well you know? this is my this is my point he's yeah. putting his future health ahead of the immediate game, which I think is great. And it's we're starting to see a bit of a shifting culture. And I, th- I think with, with a guy like Kalen that's had so many in, in such a short period of time, he just he needs to get he doesn't need me telling him what to do. No. It just need, and it, it's it's the doctors that will either put him at ease or tell him he needs some extended periods away from the field. The Knights uh they look like a team that's given up. Is that an unfair assessment? No. It's not done. It's it, it, it's pretty much on the money, which means the coach has to be under the gun. I Look, mean, it, it's easy to they got to shoot point. someone. You know what I mean? Well, if they're not playing, they've won five games. Yeah, I know. They're, they're still in the spoon race. Yes, I know. <laughs> All right, okay. One dribble three five three can call us anytime. Triple M. This is the Dead Set Legends. Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman, and Candice Warner. The Triple M Dead Set Legends. Triple M, Dead Set Legends, our favourite call today gets, what about this, four tickets to the Beer, Footy and Food Festival at Henson Park, which is next, uh, the 30th. Yeah, that's next Saturday. In you, that order. You can grab your tickets <laughs> now at Oztix. Beer, Footy and Food Fe- That is always <laughs> a very popular event. So best call of the day will win that uh, four tickets for that, which is next week. Hopefully the weather behaves. All right, Rich, James Graham here as well. Uh the subject that you are fired up about the most, I can't believe, involves the NBL. I don't think you've ever brought an NBL topic <laughs> to the Dead Set Legends or any show that I've done, but you are pumped up. Well, they want to pl- start playing matches on Christmas Day, right? They want to play games on Christmas Day. And, 
you know, Christmas Day, it's the one day of the year that we all sort of set aside, whether you're a devout Christian or not, people set aside Christmas Day as a family day. You know, you could be at a lot of other religions, but it's a day people don't work. People know it's the day they're going to have off. They know that everyone else is having the day off. So, you know, you can do things with other people. It's just a rest day in the year. Well, you don't have to watch the NBA. No, but there's people, players, coaches, support staff, broadcasters, venue operators. Those people they're now, their Christmas day is gone. Yeah, but I, I think it, I think this is a good thing for, for, for basketball here in Australia. It's going to give them maximum exposure. Would you Pop. want to play rugby league match on Christmas Day? No. Forget the weather, but I mean... What? Well, I... I, I <laughs> One no, no, three, I, four, no I wouldn't, but it's not about me. It, oh, it's, yes. no, no, it, I never it, thought it, this about it's you. It's not about me. Well, <laughs> also, a, 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 you know, an opportunity to exit the family home on Christmas Day well, might be sought after for some players. Well, you know, right. the, the old mother-in-law's giving you grief Christmas Day. And, hey, I've got a game to play. They'll play this game Christmas night, right? By then, let's be honest, we've all had enough of the family by then, and we're looking for a distraction. Now, what you say, Rich, is interesting in that, look, the NBL, they'll fill the stadium there. 20,000 will watch it on TV. It's a barely a blip, right, with all due respect. But I know it's going to happen. Everybody it's going to It's going to break the uh, the damn walls. And Big Bash, you can bet your backside, Big Bash next year will stick a Thunder game on or something because they've wanted to do that for 100% years. 100% this will happen. So the NBL... They're starting the avalanche. That's right. They're carrying yeah. the water for all the other sports. You can yeah. bet the A-League will get in on this as well. Now, yeah. now it is a very and successful then... concept in America, Christmas Day basketball. And I'll say this to you, Rich. Only 44% of Australians identify as Christian, which means 56%. I get what you're saying. It's a day off. But, for, but Christmas Day is December 25 for 56% of this population. Yeah, but they all still, I think most of that 56% still celebrate a day like that. Whether it's a whether it's a particularly religious thing, they just celebrate a day where it's about family and caring for other people and all that. And it, why do you want to just water down one day like that? Can't we have one day? In horse racing, we race 364 days of the year. It used to be 363 but then, of course, someone had to put a race meeting on on Good Friday. That's right, and it's it, all and it, now it's all downhill. Everyone wants to put one on. That's right. We've commercialized. Hang on, we've commercialized Anzac Day to. Well, I think we do Anzac Day pretty well. But don't tell me we're not commercializing that. We've commercialized Good Friday for twenty five years. So how can you? I know what you're saying. One day. Just well, what's one the difference day. between one day and no days? We commercialise everything else. <laughs> Mathematics. One, one day. day. Exactly. Just one day. Damien from Westmead has called us. One triple three five three. Good morning, Damien. G'day, mate. Um, one thing you haven't touched on is Boxing Day is probably the biggest sporting day in our calendar. Oh, no. Yes. Um, yes. I lament that. So, <laughs> what Boxing so Day? What's wrong with that? Yes. All of the cricketers, if they're playing Boxing Day, uh, it's a big bash. They'll travel Christmas Day. That's the it. International international mm. players will train Christmas Day. Yeah. And I then know. obviously all the sailors going yeah. Sydney to Hobart, they're working. Well, yeah, and, well, are they working? I mean, you cricketers work? talk. They say, oh, when once they retire, oh, it's going to be my first Christmas in 20 years with the family. They do it down at the hotel in Melbourne and have a centre and everything, but it's, it's, it's exactly right, Richard. He's not, he's not wrong, Damien. No, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. But you, but you know what you do if, you, if you're part of the club that playing Christmas Day? You make it fun. Mm. Like, it, it's easy to kick stones. I, I've played a, a Boxing Day trial back in England, and we just made it fun. We, we, we'd had, we had a captain's run light run on, on Christmas Day and we just we had a laugh and we made it fun and it, everyone actually enjoyed it. I, I guess I'm, I'm acutely on this because I've had to work virtually every Christmas day of my entire life because if you train racehorses they all have to be looked after, they have to be worked and all yeah. my staff are there at four o'clock in the morning on Christmas Day and I just feel so sorry for them that they have to be there that to, to now stretch it out into other sports and other fields I just... I just think we're losing more than we're gaining. All right, one triple three five three triple M. This is the Dead Set Legends. We've been there for it all. Four and twenty, Australia's original fan food. Now the Dead Set Legends play of the week. Steady stroke of Cameron Smith. This is for a birdie at the last. 
In the hole. To 20 under par, Cameron Smith goes. Then his eight under 64 will be the lowest final round of a champion here in the open. The quiet man from Australia has let his clubs roar at the 150th open at St. Andrews. Yes, please tell me, Richie, what's that? I know you've you've had some uh, issues with your sleep. Yeah. Please tell me on Sunday you stayed up. I did. I watched the entire final round of Cam Smith from when he teed off on the first. And I thought at the turn, I thought at the ninth, I thought, I don't know if he can get Rory here. Rory's, Rory's just, you know, he's got to make a few birdies soon and that'll just put it beyond doubt. And then he ripped off five consecutive birdies, mm. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And um, it just put him straight in the game, put all the pressure back on Rory. But the putt, that wasn't the final putt. Very important to make your final putt to win, of course. But the putt, I think it was on the 17th where he held par, where he made par, that was the putt that won him the tournament because that was, that was odds on to be a bogey. And then Rory was back in with a chance. But that nailed it shut. So that takes his winnings. Um, by the way, they, they played the press conference afterwards, so... Um, uh, they took it live on Fox, and some dickhead Australian asked, "How many beers are you going to fit in the claret jug?" I mean, are we that? Are oh. we yeah, still but he that started that. No, he didn't. No, he did. He did it as as he was interviewed after. This is right after the uh, presentation. A female interviewer who was doing a good job just said, "How are you going to celebrate?" And he said, oh, "I'm going to see how many beers will fit in this jug." Yeah, but then it was. It, Every every time an Australian wins something, it's how pissed are you going to no, be? I agree. Every time. Yeah. I mean, are we not over that? No. Well, um, the, sh- the shoey seems a, a popular Australian well, thing to do, doesn't it? What, what is that? What, I think where they drink a beer out of a shoe. Yeah, what? I don't get that. No. It, it just seems dirty. Um, now, so I looked at his winnings. He's won $24 million. I looked at his winnings because he was asked about live golf. Um. And he was so non-committal with his answer, you could only assume he's going to go, right? He's going to go. Oh, I think there's no doubt about that. Now, there's a FedEx Cup coming up. This is their playoff system, uh, the PGA. They've tried to have a. They've tried to make post majors relevant, so they've had this playoff system for about fifteen years or so. And first prize is fifteen million. Well, he's sitting in second, so he's a good chance of winning that, uh, or at least getting a very nice paycheck. Then there's the President's Cup, and then. The theory is he'll disappear to live for yeah. something like a hundred million, maybe even more. Was was mooted, a hundred and thirty million dollars. Now, if you're a young man, and as great as you are, on top of the world, having won twenty four million dollars in your career already, plus endorsements, God knows how much money. How he's many got. lobsters can you eat? <laughs> All that is true, but he's only got to break his wrist the wrong way, you know, water skiing or doing something you know, falling off a skateboard or something like that. And he may never be able to play that sort of golf again. You cannot not take that sort of money. It'd be impossible to ignore, wouldn't it? Uh, you couldn't. How could you? How much should he take into account? He's loved in this country. Like, he's impossible to dislike. Now, he does that, taking blood money. Uh, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's, 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 I'm saying the perception, Rich. Yeah, the perception is that, that it's that it's blood money, it's dirty money. I know. Australia deals with the Saudis. Yeah. Everyone deals with yeah. the Saudis. I think but... the Americans sell them about, you know, $10 billion worth of arms every year. So, you know, really? Yeah, uh, look, the, the FIFA World Cup's going to Qatar oh, as well. Yes. Like, you know, like sport, is it, it's gone past that now. And you, you could look at any sporting organisation and, and pick apart their morals or, or where well, they look, get their money where from. Where have the Olympics and, been held? Russia? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Beijing, you know, twice in the yeah. last 15 years. Um, you're right in, on that score. But what I'm saying is, should Cam Smith take that into account, that his reputation is flawless, all of a sudden, uh, now there's a, perhaps a, at least a perceived chink in the armour. So, so tell me, which is the country you can take money from who've never done anything oh, okay. in their history. Yeah, exactly. Look at America. Yeah. Dodgy or below par. America, the only country. Geez, really? Into politics. I'm <laughs> saying the only really? country to use a bomb, a, 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 a nuclear bomb. Uh, I, you just tell me the country that's, you know, that's pure as the driven I, snow and I'll take the I money from there. I think we're getting into dangerous territory, but also I think we're getting into a situation. Greg Norman's winning this battle, you know, because oh. 
He's Greg Norman's funders are winning the battle. That's right. But but he's the man who's got his reputation on the line and they will get a merger here because the more 100%. players disappear, I mean they just pinch the Ryder Cup captain. Now Henrik Stenson all right is pretty old. He's a bit like Westwood and Poulter. But that's a big fish. Yeah, the they, Ryder they, Cup captain. And they only wanted him not because he's a, he's a big draw card, because he's the Ryder, Ryder Cup, Cup captain. captain. Because it then it just drives a wedge into the Ryder Cup, which is the most lucrative golf event in the world. Mm. All right, Triple M, this is the Dead Set Legend Sports Update coming up. And we've got to give away this prize for uh, Bing Lee. I don't know how we're going to do it, but stay tuned, Triple M. Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman and Candice Warner, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Uh, yes, indeed. Josh McGuire from the Dragons is going to join us after 11, and Rusty as well for Bendix. Uh, we spoke about Cam Smith. AFL, Richmond and Frio. Rich played a 52-all draw in a game where uh, apparently it stunk. Uh, Swans and Adelaide play this afternoon at the SCG. They've got a good run into the finals. I know you don't believe in good run, runs into the finals, <laughs> Jimmy. You, you say that's a trap, but... But uh, the Swans do. They've got a, a winnable run into the final. So they, they could sneak into the top four. Mm. And if you're in the top four, you can win the, the big one. Which means that Frio draw, not a bad thing. No, not bad for the Swans. Uh, big news coming out of America. Vince McMahon, the great owner and, uh, and controller of the WWE, has resigned. He's been embroiled in some controversies the last uh, couple of years, yeah. paying what? off women. and Pay- For what? Well, uh, for having relationships and wanting to keep it quiet. Right. They were subordinates, Rich. Right. So he's walked away. He's try- he tried to hold on for a few months, but he walked away this morning. That's that. He's one of the most successful sporting businessmen ever. So that is an enormous yeah. story, and that company has relied so much on him. And you see what's bringing him undone? You see? A lesson for you there, Dan. What, what's that, Richard? <laughs> you know, liaisons. <laughs> Uh, bringing him undone. What are you saying, Richard? Well, just be careful, Dan. You know, a big star around here. What you know? are you saying, <laughs> idiot? Um, <laughs> good week for cricket. See, people will believe that. <laughs> good week for cricket Australia. They've sold their TV rights into India for something like two hundred and fifty million for seven years. That's like free money, and that's handy given the drama's going on with seven. But the big story of the week: Ben Stokes retiring from One Day Internationals. Now, of course, he's not only England's captain. But he's the hero of the last World Cup. So this is being viewed as a real nail in the coffin of one-day cricket and a signal that um, he'll be the first. Well, he won't be the first, but he, he will join the, the, the queue of players just dumping one-day internationals in favour of T20 franchise you cricket. Know who, you know who's causing this? Who do you reckon's causing this? The IPL, mm. big window for them. And they've got another competition over there. I can't remember what it's called. Big window for that. None of the players can play anywhere else except there, and it just pushes every other game into a smaller and smaller window. Honestly, the, the one-day scene, apart from World Cups, is a waste of time, well, isn't it? Well, it is now. Yeah. I mean, it's, okay, Australia plays England in October in, for three games, or November for three games. What does that mean? It's just That's just yeah. volume for TV. Well, you know, one-day cricket started as a tournament-type situation when they initially initiated 50 over cricket that was like a tournament well our old world series cup yeah and before that when it actually started so maybe they got to go back to that sort of format by the way you remind me a bit of ben stokes you you, we do we do have a bit of a yeah yeah. pommy yeah hard man yeah you know that's right bit loose you belted anyone on the (laughs) group (laughs) no is that right (laughs) you've never got into a stink oh Nothing, nothing too crazy. Nothing to write home about. Oh, well, that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's the, well, the we'll big. Go and stri- do it. Then you'll uh, be yeah. more like Ben Stokes. Right, Triple M dead said legends. <laughs> oh, we've got a prize to give away. One triple three five three. I guess we'll do it in quiz form. We won't do the Candace quiz, but give us a call. One triple three five three. If you can answer a question successfully, we'll give you a hundred dollar Bingley voucher. That's next. Triple M. Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman, and Candace Warner, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Triple M Dead Set Legends on a Saturday morning, Saturday scrum coming up after this and the game this afternoon. Not a bad one. Canberra versus Warriors, certainly important for the Raiders. And I guess all you Dragons fans and Manly fans and Roosters fans, you'll all be hoping Canberra lose 
uh, because they're in the fight for the top eight. Now, uh, we have an opener for our quiz. Ladies and gentlemen, they say knowledge is power. Well, plug me in and power me up. It's time on Triple M's Dead Set Legends 4, Candace's Quiz. Wow, that's heady stuff. Sandy's quiz. Now available in store and online at Bingley. Better living every day. Hundred dollar Bingley voucher. Give it, we made the crucial mistake. You can interrupt the opener. You can't interrupt the Sorry, ad. Lionel. The ad. Great service. Great brands. Great value. Now available in store and online at Bingley. Better living every day. Now, Rich, we oh, agree. Hang on. We've got quiz music. Yes. <laughs> we agree. Last week was a dog's breakfast. What well, Candace it didn't result to- in a winner. The whole idea of a quiz is to result in a winner. Didn't we give it away in the end? We gave away the prize, but the the bloke just turned so up. So Candace for it. wants to pit the listener against one of us, right? We're, that's her thing. So we're going to do it a bit differently for one night only. We've got three questions. Whoever gets the third one right wins. That sound fair? You keep going until you get one wrong. Whoever gets the last question right wins. Is that a, a nice, easy concept? So theoretically, the listener can lose. Yes. And we keep the prize. <laughs> no, someone's going to get the third one right because we'll just keep going through callers. Right. But stop being selfish. We could split that three ways. Paul from what? What, $33.33 each at Bing Lu. <laughs> Paul from Wiley yeah. Park. Yeah. His first two call. One triple three five three. Good morning, Paul. Hey, boys. How are you going today? Excellent. How confident are you getting these three? You've got to get all three here if you want to win the prize. Well, not bad considering what the weather's like today, yeah. Okay. I'm not sure the weather's got anything to do with it. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Richard. Richard is our quiz master. <laughs> first question, what's the weather like outside? <laughs> I'm the quiz master, so I get to ask the first question. How many games have the Penrith Panthers lost this season? Ooh, um, Panthers this season? That's right. Only the one. All right, one well from done. one. It concerns me how long it took you to answer that, but, well but we're still going for it. Uh, Cam Smith won the British Open, but who came second? Oh, who's second? Yeah, this is a toughie. You get this, Paul, you'll win, because the, the third one's much easier than this. Is there a clue? No. No, no, no clues. No, sorry, no Paul, clues no clues. No clues. Well, if it was only you, Paul, we would, but because we've got Rob and Adrian and Ken all... Paul, stop stalling. Give us an answer. That's a bit rough, isn't it? No. Give us an answer, Paul. No, we'll have a clue. Bad luck, Paul. That's the problem with going (laughs) first. Rob from Chatswood, good morning. Richard, please repeat the question. Cam Smith won the British Open, but who came second? Um, You're talking about the uh, British Open this year, correct? Yes, this year, the British Open in golf, yes. Adrian, get Um, ready. Cam Smith first. um, I can't remember his first name. His, second, his surname's Young from the US. We're going to pay That'll that. That'll do. That's a good one. Yeah, I, that'll I, do. I swore someone was going to say Rory, who should have finished oh, second. Oh, yeah, it was close. Well done. Cameron, Cameron Young. Young. Yeah. So here okay. we go. You go to the third anyway, question now. You did say this was easier. Who won the Wally Lewis medal in State of Origin? This year. This year. The Queenslander. Oh, really? <laughs> That's your answer? Yeah. Okay. His name was not really. That might have been 20, 30 years ago. Okay, maybe this is tougher than oh, I thought. Um, oh, uh, Patrick Carrigan. Yes! Well done. Well yes. done. We have well a winner. Done. Now, was there Googling involved? And it's okay yes. if there was, but was there Googling involved just then? Oh, there might have been canoodling involved. But okay, uh, that's a little fine. Bit of phone a friend. Canoodling? Yeah, well. <laughs> canoodling? I don't know what. I'm on this show. Okay, that's it. Well done. $100 gift voucher for Bingley. Great service, great brands, great value. Now available in store online at Bingley. Better living every day. That was a quiz. Now, Candace listens to this, I know. Uh, That's a quiz, Candy. Now, that's how you do it. Triple M, this is the Dead Set Legends. Oh, Richard's tip coming up on the other side of this. Plus, Josh McGuire, Eddie Jones blows up, and Jimmy has a say on the COVID bubbles which we think are coming to the NRL. That's all next. Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman and Candace Warner, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Good morning, our number two. Uh, I don't know if you've been as respectful as you should be, James Graham, because you're dealing with the number 24 most powerful person <laughs> in horse racing. The Telegraph loves... Well, these these things must go through the roof with the clicks because they love a pole like this and they've got, obviously... <laughs> 
Uh, the Godfather, Peter Volandi's at number one. I think Chris Waller was about number three. No, number two he was. Number two. I think Gay was number three or Oh, Gay would be filthy. Gay would be filthy with that. She wouldn't be happy, the first lady. To be behind Chris Waller. But here he is, Richard Friedman, in a very uh, unflattering T-shirt. Dare I say, man boobs are showing. Yeah, it wasn't good. I was but, I mean, it's, like they've, it's like they've got it in for you. Richard Freeman Thanks, mate. <laughs> has had a long career in the racing. I felt sorry for you. Long career in the racing industry, no. uh, blah, 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 Sky Channel, racing administration. He is currently training in Sydney in partnership with his son, Will. Um, but you're ahead of Bjorn Baker and Chris Lees. And, uh, well, you know, I'm the people's trainer. Greg Radley's ahead of you. Yeah, Greg Radley's you ahead of you. That's interesting. Uh, the, you know what? I on, can think on, of 30 on. people who should be in that list instead of me. But I'm very flattered to be in it. Oh, don't be humble. Don't be humble. It doesn't suit you. But please, give us a tip. Uh, okay. Pen's ready, everyone. Last right. week, it did exactly what you said. You said, this thing, it'll be a good run. I think it'll get a place. It might just win. Well, it got a place. And it paid $2.60. Well, I'm going to do the same thing again this week. I've got one runner in Melbourne uh, this week. Uh, race 7, number 10, Amatuba. Mm. And it's $20 at the moment. Ooh, and I yes. reckon it can run a place. That's, uh, hey, you and know it's, it's, not out of, it's not completely impossible that it could win. Every time you say that, I back it each way. I'm going to back it just for a place today. At $5, I well, see you'll here. You'll be dirty if it wins. <laughs> That's okay. out in the $20. All right, there he is. Our, our race 7, number 10 in Caulfield. What's it called? Amatuba. 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 Yeah. All right. Uh, Josh McGuire from the Dragons joining us after this. Triple M, this is the Dead Set Legends. Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman and Candice Warner, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Triple M Dead Set Legends, uh, big win last night, Jimmy. Your Dragons, who you do work for, uh, they had to win last. That was just about must win. would be interested in Josh McGuire says the attitude of the team was must win. But they came out, Ben Hunt again. First half, they, they put a, a, a nice gap on Manly. Second half didn't get to great heights, but it didn't matter because the Dragons had that in the bag. Yeah, absolutely. It was just about getting the two points yesterday. A lot to play for. I thought it was a, a must-win game with it with Manly. Um, you know, if they'd have won that game, they would have gone four points ahead of the Dragons, and then I think you could put a line through the finals. But thankfully for the Dragons, they uh, they uh, got together as a group and responded to the much-publicised uh, news this week. Well, thank you for bringing it up. That dovetails nicely. Josh McGuire... Joining us on uh, the Dead Set Legends. You've been part of the uh, Triple M family for many years and lovely to have you on a Saturday morning. I appreciate it, fellas. It's always good to be next day after a good win. So, um, you know, today's a bit better with the kids, so it makes it easier. <laughs> Last night, did you treat that as a team? I know there were dramas during the week, but did you go, we actually have to win this? This is a non negotiable, we must win this game. Yeah, oh, mate, it's no secret that we've been in and out of the eight. And um, just the way the, the season's panning out. A lot of those teams around us, you know, we had to win that game and then going into next week and the next couple of weeks, all those teams sitting on the same points are all playing each other. So we can put a bit of a gap on them and, and, and win some games. We, we kind of control our own destiny there. Hey, Josh, there's um, been, a, been a lot of talk about Coach Griffin's um, future. Did, did you guys get together as the leadership group or, or the playing group and, and sort of decide to put on a performance, get the two points to just shut everyone up for a week or two? It wasn't talked about, but I think just, you know, obviously when there's noise and stuff as a playing group, you just need to turn up and, and have a go. And, you know, Benny Hunt epitomizes that for us as our group. And, you know, there's no secret how close their relationship is. So you could really see last night, uh, Benny just trying to really do all the little things good and, and lead the team around. But it wasn't talked about because we you don't really want to give it any legs because there's no there's no legs there but as a playing group and as a senior playing group we did chat and about just you know putting a performance on and and not for any other reason other than that we've been below par the last couple of weeks on to you mate you've been uh nicknamed the selector how's that yeah. been this week with all that with all that press around that sort of stuff well i've copped a bit of crap off the boys to be honest <laughs> but um mate i don't get to select what we have for dinner let alone a football team so you know, like I said, I've got a great relationship with Hawk, and if someone's perceived that, and the same with Benny and Macca, mm. that there is favoritism, like I, I don't think it is. You know, to be honest, I'll probably get yelled at more than anyone else because of our close relationship with Hook. So, you know, it is what it is. Like, if it is a bit of banter, it is. But, you know, you like to think those kind of things stay in-house. But, um, you know, I, I've never had 
no, until the this week of the media tossing it up. I've never heard that one before. But um, you know, I've had worse nicknames, so I'll take it. Well, the other thing, uh, it was not only you were named the selector, which was quite cute, but suggestions as a rat in the ranks at the Dragons leaking information. How does that? Okay, that comes out. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. How does that get addressed within the team? Is there, I don't know, a circle of trust meeting? Does Anthony Griffin call you all in? What happens? To be honest, you never know what's been said or what, what the media have, have got a hold of. You know, football is an emotional business and we all get emotional at different times. If you're not playing well, you're not getting picked. Just any anything, you know, home life's not good. So, you know, you might vent to your manager and then your manager might say something to someone and then all of a sudden it's Chinese whispers and it's gone down the line. So, you know, to be honest, unless it's addressed and brought up within the group publicly, and to be honest, there hasn't been, ever been a, a murmuring of anything at all, but, you know, you just got to take it with a grain of salt until it's been addressed, you know, publicly within the group. You know, you can't really give it legs. Like I said, it's an emotional game. People get emotional at different times, and it could just be Chinese whispers, to be honest. You've got to be suspicious of the young blokes. After you see what young people put on social media, you know, they're not really good with the privacy thing. It's oh, not It's not a big you thing are with them, such is it? a hater, hey? Richard. I, I, <laughs> fair I enough, Josh. I haven't got social media, so I couldn't tell you what people have been putting up. So <laughs> He was totally disinterested in this chat. As soon as you bag young people, <laughs> he was climbing in. Speaking of young That's blokes, not true. Cody, no, it's not true. Cody Ramsey, how is he? Um, um, we're hoping that it's only um, a couple of weeks, mate. You know, he's a tough kid. He's just finding his feet in first grade. You know, it was an ugly incident. You know, he, he was very positive after. So we're hoping that it might just be, you know, an MCL and nothing too more serious. So, you know, touch wood, um, the kid's back before the end of the year. But, um, you know, with kids like that, you don't want to rush them. You know, he, he's just really starting to develop into a first grader and you're going to take his games to new heights. No, you need him, though. So hopefully he's not away for too long. Next week, it's a toughie. You're old stomping ground, the Cowboys, but it's here in Sydney. So... Um, that's a big one for the Dragons. Well done, Josh. Uh, it'll be a far easier week in the media now that you've got to win. No, well, definitely. It's always an easier week after a good win, so hopefully we can keep it going. Dan Kinane, Richard Friedman and Candice Warner, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Triple M Dead Set Legends, James Graham in for Candice Warner and Richard Friedman here with Dan. Peter Valandis is now getting asked nearly every day, when's he bringing bubbles back? When's he bringing bubbles back for the NRL? And it does seem, inevitable might be too strong, but it does seem more and more likely, except he's trying to hold off for as long as he can. No, not at this stage, Wendell, because, look, we've got a pretty good regime in place already where we test the players uh, with rapid antigen tests, and we were one of the first sports to do it. Plus, we have a rule where the players can't go out socially with, with more than two of their team members, and that way you can't have a whole team infected. And it's worked up until now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've got a few players out this week, but we do have another wave of COVID, and in the next two or three weeks, it'll be at its maximum peak. So we'll we'll keep monitoring. We don't want to take the liberties away from the players, and the players are now used to being sensible. And if they continue to be diligent and, and do that, there's no need to change the protocols. Come closer to semi-finals time, we'll have another look at it. But at this stage, we're not going to change a very successful regime that's in place already. So that's okay for now. That was on uh, the Fair rush enough. hour. But James, the finals... You cannot have the integrity of the finals sullied. Now, Manly lost three players last night. Canterbury have lost a player, maybe two tomorrow. You imagine if a team basically gets knocked out because half their team tests positive three days before a knockout game? We just can't happen, Dan. We, we just can't let this happen. We've got enough information now. We, we, just, we, we cannot afford to let the season be ruined by a COVID breakout. So we, we, we either have to bubble yeah. or rethink how we test or when we test because i think at the at the moment i just don't understand why why we're doing this and hey i'm not putting down covid it's been devastating to a lot of people around the world but i think we've gone past that now and i think we're at a stage where it's going to be around forever and, and i'm not a medical expert I, but, but what i do know is that players play when they're sick uh, w- with things apart from covid and dan well we, how we, many players have played with the flu Pretty much everyone. Yeah. Everyone would have At played compromised yeah. with, like, with a compromised immune system, be, you... being sick. But I think, Dan, now, and this is the truth, I know what goes on inside football clubs. If I'm a head coach, if I'm a football manager, I'm getting someone to... Doctor the test. Doctor the test. Well, and, there's, and there's ways around that, and people may say there's not, but there is. 
get a doctor to test? Well, no. Well, well so I so I I'd, I'd get someone to test first. If they if they're negative, I'd I'd make them do thirty tests. Put them all through the machine. We're all trained. We ask. We. Right, we do I'm, this no, show. We're in a performance culture. We're in winning culture. What? We've got a we've got a, a championship on the line. Yeah. Like, are you are you going to let your team go by well, the wayside? Why is the NRL all of a sudden? Why do they have to do this? Twi- what did he say? Twice a day, teams are doing rat tests. Rat tests, not the most reliable things. But I mean, every official at every club has to do this twice a I, day. I don't know. Aren't we just asking for trouble? Because yes. I think we can all assume many people we know have probably had COVID and didn't even know it. But you know what? We just got on with it. Well, Cameron Munster is the classic example now. He he was asymptomatic. He missed the state of origin. Mm. Like it, it, so well, look, they're, they're going to say he he could spread it to other players. Yeah, but and devastate other teams after the state of origin. You know. Yeah, but you could also go to a shopping centre. I know. You could be with two or three of your teammates in a public place, which we all know is. Come on. <laughs> Come on. So two years ago, we did this bubbles and the testing because we had to. That was the government said, okay, you can go back to playing, but under these yeah. strict regular. Well, we don't have those. The government's basically said, let it rip. That's what they said a while ago, and it's sort of letting it run. Could it is, you it see- is. It is. It is starting to become. Yes, it is. Like a big problem because you know so many absentees from my workplace, my staff. I've got absentees. People who are desperate for staff. We've got a sharp yeah. staff shortage, and we've got half the staff away. With COVID, it's it, it's starting to bite. No, that's right. And the whole thing, the whole reason we went into lockdown and we and we and we did all the testing was because we didn't want to give it to people that were susceptible. It wasn't about young people. It was about protecting the older people, the sick people, and and not killing the hospital system. Well, I think as as, as well, Dan, put my player's hat on. I think I'd be willing to take the risk to take the field with an infected player. No. If it means the game going ahead. Yes or no? Will players accept a finals bubble, which I suspect is where they're going to have to go? Yes, I think they would. They have to. They'll, they'll have to go into or a bubble. Or change the testing regime. There's too much money. Well, that's true too. There's too much money on the line. To You can't have a final system yeah. ruined. No, you can't. I, I don't think that, that they can have that, you know, change the testing regime because that will upset the state government. They're putting out one message. They're trying to sell a message and the state government are important to every sport. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So maybe the bubble is the only answer. All right. Triple M, this is the Dead Set Legends. Rusty is coming up shortly for Bendix Breaks to talk all things motorsport. If it happened overnight, you'll hear it in the Triple M Deadset Legends Sports Update. Uh, last night's winners in league, as you know by now, Dragons and the Roosters. Great day coming up. Canberra hosting the Warriors at three, but then a couple of crackers. Penrith, Cronulla, followed by South Sydney and Melbourne. Rain apparently is going to hold off at a core. Maybe a little bit of rain at Penrith, but not, hopefully not too bad. Now, Rich, Eddie Jones has seemingly shut down suggestions he could coach the Wallabies after the next World Cup. Apparently that had been, it's always suggested that Eddie will come mm. back. But sources told the uh, Herald that he's disenchanted with Australian rugby and was wounded by crowd abuse, specifically being called a traitor by that plonker last week <laughs> I, who works in a sales see, department see, I, at I, Channel 9. I can't believe this from Eddie. Eddie is as tough a human being as he will ever come across. You know, he's almost impervious to uh, criticism. He's copped so much of it in his career. I just think he, he thinks, look, I'm at a certain age. I've been doing this for God knows how long, what, 30 years he's been doing it. Maybe he's just had enough of it, but I don't know how much the crowd's hurting Eddie. Although he did react pretty he did badly. React. That, that was a strange that. reaction. Yeah. I enjoyed the like reaction. Deserve what he got from Eddie. I, I, I enjoyed that reaction. It's funny the mentality of people. You go to a sporting event, you, you're in a stadium, you've got a little wall there, you think you can say whatever yeah. you want. And the, the fan who, who give the abuse, when Eddie Jones came back, he looked in... He looked shocked. Everybody around there looked shocked, and it, it was good to see him fire back. I don't mind they that. must have been serving full strength at the cricket ground last week. You had a bloke taking a whiz off the top of the O'Reilly no, stand. No. I mean, what's going no, on with no, your no. people, Richard? Well, no, there's just not enough play. They're bored. <laughs> you know? now, That's the trouble. This time last week, we talked about the uproar. Remember, uh, Mark, uh, Manchester United's Marcus Rashford. He took the photo with yes. the AFL ball, and oh, yes. my God, the world came to an end. Well, that atrocity is going to be a thing of the past. Because reports suggest the Football Federation is going to end this disgrace. Thank Christ. 
Because, sure, nobody watches the A-League. The Socceroos are nowhere near as relevant as they were 10 to 15 years ago. The biggest games in the country involve overseas clubs taking all the gate receipts with them. But the dark days of footballers acknowledging <laughs> other sports exist in a bid to get some free publicity are over. That's quite a rant. No word at the FFA wants to stop some of these players cuddling koalas because it's not soccer's job <laughs> to promote zoos. <laughs> Thank God this is <laughs> a thing best. of the past. Well done, soccer. That is the win for you, Dan. That's the best round of the day. 74,000 turned up to see Man United beat Crystal Palace. I just wonder if the the bloke holding the football probably didn't do that much, but it couldn't have hurt. Ah, <laughs> oh dear. Excellent. That's it. Triple M dead set legends. <laughs> Rusty's Motorsport Update. For Bendix, Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Uh, now, we're talking all things motorsport as usual for uh, A, the Rusty's Garage podcast, which you can get for free on the listener app. That's what Rusty hosts. And Bendix Brakes, of course. Uh, put your foot down with confidence. Richard, you've come in all fired up. You said, when are we speaking to Rusty? When are we speaking to Rusty? Well, <laughs> when, the well, floor is be- yours. Only because I, I read online, there is a track just outside of Goulburn in New South Wales where the Land and Environment Court, I believe, have closed it down, basically. They've, they've restricted them to one race meeting a month. Oh, no, sorry, four race meetings a month, which, which will basically close the joint down for noise. It's out in the middle of nowhere, Rusty. It's called Wakefield Park. Good morning to, to all of you lads. It's quite a distance from, from Goulburn, you know, more than 10 k's drive or thereabouts. Noise has never, that I'm aware of, been a, been a factor. I mean, you're talking about it being out in, in sort of farmland. Um, I don't know if someone's bluing here, and, and if they are, it sounds like one person or, you know, thereabouts have had a win against total common sense. This is not a common sense decision to reduce that beautiful little track which hosts all kinds of club-level motorsport and um, other activity for, for car companies and so on, Richard, is just a joke. But it could and, and spread like a virus, people, couldn't it? I mean, I would, I would encourage people that are listening today, if they like their motorsport, to get hold of, of the council down there in Goulburn or to voice their concerns to the New South Wales government. There's just a rubbish decision. We need little racetracks like this. Now, uh, moving on to uh, stuff on the track. Now, Sebastian Vettel, he's still going. He's in a, he's walking around in a frame. And now he's joined the growing list names linked to Dan Ricardo. I mean, he was the nemesis of, of Weber. Now he's going to pick off the carcass of Dan Ricardo. Well, and, and really, when Ricardo arrived on the scene, he pretty promptly departed uh, Red Bull Racing. So he's at the end of his contract for, uh, for Aston Martin at the end of this year. I think the journalists have tried to join some dots here because he knows some people at, at, uh, at McLaren where Dan is. He's come out and said, there's no truth to this rumour. It's rubbish. I can't see this happening, guys. I but, I mean, the, the rumour around Dan and if he'll stay and who'll take his seat is just out of control at the moment. The poor mm. boy's answering questions every week in relation to this subject, and I can't see him moving. I've got a mental picture of Sebastian Vettel flying in circles around the, the, the top of McLaren there, just waiting for Dan to drop off. Supercar champion leader Shane Van Gisbergen, right? He loves getting behind the wheel of anything, just about. But his team, they put the uh, they put the clamps on him racing another V8 next month. Yeah. Now, Richard, as I talk to you uh, live today, I'm, I'm standing on the side of the road. You probably heard some rally cars come through while we've been doing our cross. Shane Van Gisbergen is competing in a round of the New Zealand Rally Championship, and he has won the opening three stages against guys that are stalwarts that have been around this game for ages. But Oh, they'd love that. Yeah, but, but his car, for some reason, has stopped about 600 metres from where I'm standing. So we gather from some of the timing that he's OK, but I don't know what's happened to that okay. car. But he was leading the event, so that's a shame. So, yeah, um, he's not going to be contesting uh, some Trans Am races at Queensland Raceway, very sadly. Lots of people were looking forward to that. The team say no. Um, I just wonder, guys, whether supercars maybe bristled a bit and said, look, we don't want you going off and competing in a rival V8 product. That's disappointing because he would have been tremendous in that. And I think, really, supercars just need to row their own boat and not worry about what this bloke is doing. He is still very focused on, on winning another supercars championship and, and you know, going well at Bathurst and places like that. Beautiful. All right. Well, not beautiful news, but uh, good stuff as usual from you, Rusty. We'll catch you next week, and it's all thanks to Bendix Break. See you, Rusty.
the French Grand Prix this weekend. It's so not right, Dan. Uh, yes, see, I don't even have to prompt it anymore. I don't even, is it, we're in this wonderful phase of the F1, aren't we, where it's like almost every week now through the European stuff. It's, it's bloody great. See you, Rusty. Awesome. See you, guys. All right, Triple M, Dead Set Legends. Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman, and Candace Warner, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Dead Set Legends, done for another week. Thank you, Jimmy Graham, once again. You had the experience with Candace uh, for a couple of weeks, and you had you life had with Richard. The Richard experience. <laughs> How was it, Jimmy? Absolutely sensational. I'm looking oh. forward to this last part, though. This is the uh, the moment I've been waiting for. Right. I've got well, This is Richard's list of grievances, but can I just say, I had it again this morning. Uh, you know, people, it's it's a Sydney thing. When you go to park in someone's spot, they see that you're waiting for their spot. That I am telling you, Richard. They stall. They are stalling on yeah. purpose. Oh, it, no. it, it's been getting longer no. and longer. People this are is rotten. a Sydney thing. Yep. They, they just like to see other people suffer. That's right. It's like, yeah. you know what? You can wait for me. These are probably pathetic people. You know what? Go thinking, and park you know up what? next to them. I've never had someone wait on me. You can wait on me for 25 seconds. Go and park up next to them. Don't let them out. I've done that, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I've and just, just sit there and say, no, no, you want to make me wait. I no, make I'd rather you wait about now. them on air. I, I don't want to get into an actual anyway. confrontation. But anyway, it's the Richard Friedman segment. Foxtel. Careful. They're my <laughs> employer. I, I know. I know. It's not their fault. It's just got to yeah, be his fixed. employer too. I know. I'll be careful. You know when you go to scroll through the channels, right? <laughs> yes. And you click on one, you have a look at it, and it's rubbish. And you think, oh, no, I've got to go back to the search. Nothing. You can't go back to the search. You've got to start the whole search again. <laughs> ah. Right? Why don't they just have a back button to the search? It's so annoying. <laughs> you... This really is in the weeds. Am this. I on my own here? <laughs> I'm sitting in front of the TV saying, I've got to go back to the damn start again. This is the third time. This time. What are you searching for? I don't know, Dan. You know, it's. Uh, I go through, I, I'm, I'm looking for pro bull riding. They don't put it on often, you know? <laughs> you serious? I love it. I love the pro bull riding. You ever been to the bull riding? I've ridden a bull. Have you? Yeah, about three seconds. Yeah. I know. When I got on this bull. That's not bad. I was riding the steer ride at Yash Show, and I rode the steer for a while. They said, you want to ride a bull? I said, yeah, I'll have a crack at it. Anyway, I got on this bull. They tied me on. They tie your hand on, and they tell you, you've got to mark out and all this stuff. Anyway, it was a big Brahmin bull. By the time the gate opened, the chute opened, I was half off it already because it's got a skin. It nearly slips around underneath itself. And I'm half off it. I got last about three seconds and gone. Never ride them again. But I always go for the bull. Of course, we always go yeah, for the bull. We, we go for the, the line against Siegfried and Roy, yeah. and we go for the bull against the punter. Yeah, always. All right, that's it. Thank you, Jimmy. Bull wins. I bet you're glad you mate. walked into this. Uh, <laughs> Saturday scrum coming up right after this break.